The Tech Today podcast is brought to you by SSNC Technologies, a global market-leading provider of cloud-based investment accounting software services in fund administration. SSNC's AI-powered investment operations and accounting platform, Singularity, provides real-time, multi-basis accounting across a wide range of asset types with unparalleled automation and operational efficiency. Singularity is offered on a software-as-a-service basis or via smart source. SSNC's intelligent middle and back office accounting service. For more information, visit ssctech.com forward slash singularity. Welcome to the Tech Today podcast powered by CEO Raider. It's your host, John Mayetta. Visit us online at techtoday.com for the latest in capital markets and technology related news. Visit us at ceorader.com to anonymously rate your CEO and your company. So as we Head into Wednesday, we could very well see guidance from the Fed as to what it plans to do with interest rates. It's obviously going to maintain a close to zero interest rate policy. Just a question of how long. And if the Fed wants to send the market a strong signal, you're probably looking at four or five year guidance in terms of keeping interest rates near zero for that period. And you could very well see a formal QE plan announced. Fed currently purchases approximately $6 billion worth of treasuries a day, 120-ish billion per month. And if it wants to cover treasury issuance for the year, you're probably talking about $2 trillion-ish of annual purchases. And I don't like any of this. Enough with not wanting to disrupt the equity market. Let the equity markets roll over. There's enough liquidity in the markets to ensure that the credit markets and credit issuance is, is functioning properly. Let credit tighten a little bit. If we continue with the Fed subsidizing the economy, we're going to continue to have a bubble in the, in the credit markets, a huge bubble in the equity markets. We'll come back to that in a minute. A bubble in the corporate debt market. You're going to continue to have companies issue debt, particularly companies with healthy balance sheets and healthy free cash flow generation. I'm thinking of technology companies in particular, those that are profitable. They're going to further inflate the corporate debt bubble. And use it to repurchase shares, which I know investors love because it creates a floor. It does more than create a floor in many cases. It lifts the price. Where I would much prefer technology companies to invest in R&D, invest in product development. Another way of saying that is invest in innovation, acquisitions, which is another form of facilitating innovation. Not play asset manager and buying back stock. It's going to further the bubble in the public in the private equity market. You're going to continue to see valuation multiples tick up over time and just getting back to the equity markets i mean the number of tech and i need to do a formal count do a count of the number of technology companies with an enterprise value to revenue multiple north of 10 north of 20x 30x and 40x and see where their account comes in i feel like back when i was covering stocks i didn't formally as a as an equity research analyst I didn't keep account, but just thinking quickly about the technology landscape from 07, 08, 09, 2010, one, two companies maybe had an EV to revenue multiple north of 10x. And now there's going to be, what, a couple dozen more? Never mind enterprise value to cash or enterprise value to, to EBITDA. Those multiples are outrageous. But it just it, it feels like peak, peak bubble. If you've read our article earlier, earlier today at, at Tech Today, where we talked about the rise of fractional share trading and how it's enabled this cohort of what are largely millennial-aged retail investors. 
run up the share price in companies that really have no business running up. AMC Theaters, American Airlines, General Electric. Hertz, which is going through bankruptcy, was up 100% on Monday before it thankfully got hammered by the shorts on Tuesday. Um, but just irrational behavior. And it's the behavior, obviously, of uh, traders, can't call them investors, who, who don't know how to read financial statements, who don't know the first thing about the company they're investing in, and are betting on the fact that who knows what the thought process is. I, I'd assume in large part it's driven by, by the economy reopening, uh, by the fact that certain stocks have been hit so hard like Hertz for, for good reason, but they're looking at charts and buying. I'm not sure what the thought process is. Now, what was the one from today, from Tuesday's session? Nikola Corporation? Nikola, I found these guys, I want to say a couple of years ago, when I was doing some work writing about LiDAR technologies. LiDAR, the, the uh, technology platforms that power autonomous vehicles. And these guys, if I recall, because I didn't do a refresher today on them, I just noticed the market valuation. But if I remember, they have either hydrogen and or electric-powered motors for, for trucks. And several weeks ago, they went public via a SPAC, a reverse merger. No revenue. Won't have revenue for another couple of years, if I remember correctly. And yet they have a market cap of $29 billion, with a B. So it just feels like we're at peak bubble at the moment. It was nice today to see a lot of equities roll over. Not roll over, but turn, <clears throat> fall into the red. We've got a long way to go before they roll over. But the risk-reward is worse than it was in 1999-2000 during the, the, uh, the dot-com bubble. Because you've got, particularly with technology companies, you've got many stocks at all-time highs. And while the economy is recovering, it's in awful shape, much worse than it was in 2010. And you've got the Fed thinking that it's somehow going to rejuvenate the economy by throwing a bunch of liquidity at it. And it's not. It's just going to continue to inflate markets and cause bubbles everywhere. These equity fixed income bubbles are going to spill into every asset class. Houses. Houses are already up north of, of 2004 through, through 07, that housing bubble that didn't end well. Um, I talked about this yesterday. You know, classic cars, fine art, you name the asset class. The liquidity will spill into it in cause prices to shoot up well north of any valuation justified by fundamentals. And so, you know, if the economy does continue to recover, and with all this liquidity, you're just going to see these bubbles exacerbate. My hope is that when investors, insofar for uh, technology companies, equities, uh, my, my hope is that when investors see that the June quarter how soft it is from any technology companies. Not that it's going to fall off a cliff, but that it was appreciably worse than March. And uh, again, with technology companies, given the revenue model, given the, the, the profitability profile, uh, you know, they're asset light companies. So you're not going to see the P&L. Uh, you're not going to see a cash flow burn that's impossible to recover from.
companies can tighten their belt and protect profits in the technology space, particularly with software companies. But bookings activity will fall off a cliff for many companies. And so for sure, you're going to have to see the analysts recalibrate estimates. Been kind of doing a spot check of maybe a couple dozen names. June quarter estimates look okay. Q3 estimates look maybe in some cases a little bit aggressive. Q4 estimates are definitely aggressive. And calendar 2021 estimates, and I'm talking about revenue for the most part because we're really talking about revenue recovery. Uh, calendar 2021 estimates are aggressive. It will need to be pulled in. So as companies report and as estimates come in, as forward estimates come in, is that enough to take a breather and have some of these things trade back? I hope. That's my guess. But the, the, the market's been anything but rational. The fundamentals would warrant that. But if the Fed gets a, a, aggressive here and steps up a, a, a formal QE program where we're going to purchase $200 billion of treasuries a month, something to that effect, a couple trillion a year, who knows? But more importantly than the markets, it's, it's, it's just it's, it's bad policy for the economy. I would much prefer that the Fed not have this liquidity program or keep enough liquidity such that credit doesn't freeze for everybody. I'd like to see credit freeze for some issuers, for some of these junk issuers that were not for the liquidity programs in place, they wouldn't be able to issue debt, that they would go bankrupt. I think we need to have uh, bankruptcies, which are ticking up, but I think we need to see them really tick up to where they would be to have a bankruptcy rate that is more reflective of what's really going on in the economy, X Fed liquidity. We need to have that purge. You've got all these, you've heard the term zombie companies, which we used to talk about in the software space years and years ago, uh, but now that term has sort of become mainstream because you have so many companies across the economy that were it not for the liquidity programs, they wouldn't be in business. And you've got labor that's tethered to those companies that would be better served working for companies that are growing. I'm starting to repeat myself with last night's podcast, but I just feel as though we are headed in the wrong direction. And the long-term outcome of this type of liquidity program is Japan 2.0. We're looking at multiple decades of no growth. We've got so much debt outstanding, it's going to be difficult for the Treasury to unwind and increase rates, much less let rates float to where they ought to be. That'll never happen. Not in my lifetime. So it's good news for the capital markets. It's socialism for large issuers. It's moral hazard. It's uh, we're becoming Western Europe. Bad for the dollar. We keep diluting the dollar. And so at some point, I mean, if, if we... If our liquidity program dilutes the dollar faster than the euro, faster than the pound, then you start to hedge with, you look to hedge with, whether it be precious metals, cryptocurrency, whereby you have a, a fixed base or largely a fixed base, as opposed to the, the dollar where we print and print and print and print. And once you're on the printing path, it's, it's difficult to turn the spigot off. So whatever we announce tomorrow, I suspect that'll be the general policy for the next the next number of decades, probably for the rest of my life. The next three or four decades, easy. And if inflation starts to run out of control, then you see the Fed let interest rates climb. But but, but barring inflation, 
it's just going to be a, a low interest rate policy, close to zero interest rate policy in perpetuity. And that does not bode well for GDP near term, intermediate term, long term, however you want to define each of those three intervals. That's all for now. See you next time.